0: Amen, hallelujah. I mean, if you guys are ready for the Word of God tonight? Amen. Praise God. We're going to be praying for the sick. We're going to be believing God um, for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But before we do all that, we want to read and we want to get into the Word of God. So let's open our Bibles to the book of John, chapter 16, uh, verses 5 through 7. John, chapter 16, verses 5 through 7 is where we're going to be at. Uh, this evening we had a great service this morning uh, really felt the Spirit of God I'm believing that there were some chains um, broken um, once and for all so um, also want to hear some testimonies of what God has done um, in your life through that so that's John chapter 16 verses 5 through 7 the Holy Spirit is the third person in the Godhead the Trinity, as we know it, is God the Holy Spirit. There is an incredible amount of verses about the Holy Spirit. It's referenced as the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit, the Comforter. Over 200 times the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the New Testament. And in the Old Testament, there's a lot more. Anything that God mentions so much is vitally important for our lives And I believe we need to understand the purpose and function of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I think the first question we could ask ourselves is, what is the overall purpose of the Holy Spirit in our life? No doubt He has many functions, but what is His purpose? So going to look at the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, primarily we're going to go through the book of Acts, what should be called the acts of the Holy Spirit. And today, what we're gonna do is we're gonna lay a foundation of the purpose of the Holy Spirit. That's John chapter 16, verses five through seven. Amen. It says in our text, but now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I want to pray here this evening. We're going to touch on the purpose of the Holy Spirit in a sermon series that's called Power for Today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for this moment that you've given us. God, I pray that by the Holy Ghost, God, you will minister to us. Father, you have right away to do whatever you want in this congregation, in this service. God, we want more of you, Father. We want less of us, and we want to experience all that you have for us here tonight, God. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And the people of God said tonight, Amen. amen. I want to start off with my first thought, and that is the need for power. We are called not only to be Christians, not only to come to church, but we're called to a supernatural relationship with God. Your relationship with God needs to go beyond just words, beyond just uh, ritual, beyond just church attendance, but a supernatural miracles, signs and wonders should be present in your relationship with God beyond just our human effort, beyond just our ability. The Old Testament gives us a visible picture of the impossibility of being right with God through human efforts. See, we're called to do supernatural works for God. This is what the church is all about. This is what evangelism is about. We're called to help change people's lives we're called to overcome supernatural enemies no doubt you might have heard the term spiritual warfare we're in the middle of all these different demonic activities and strategies of hell and all the different cultures and the culture shift in our nation and what's needed in america is not just another church but a supernatural church a church where Christians are gathered, where they can get a hold of a supernatural God. But the problem tonight is this, is that we're all human. And there are inbuilt weaknesses and limitations of being human. You ever read your, your Bible? Bible. And you've realized the Great Commission and how big the, the, uh, the mission actually is. And you quickly realize, I don't have it in me to complete that. And that's just an evangelistic matters. But many times you can read, and it has many times to do with the role in your life, maybe as a father, as a mother, a husband, a wife. And you can quickly begin to realize, I, I, I need help. The problem is that we're human. And we have these weaknesses and limitations because we're human. One of those weaknesses is a personal weakness in our character. We wrestle with our flesh nature. We spoke about it this morning with sins, habits that we have tried to break, that we live attempting to reverse the curse, if you will. Romans chapter 7, verse 18, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Do you know that tonight? For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. This is Paul speaking, saying, I wrestle with my flesh, and I know what God's will is, and I know what I should be doing, but I can't find it in myself to make that happen the personal weakness in our character that every single one of us have as we encounter our life, especially our Christian walk, and our walk with God. Another one is personal fears. Many times we come and we have a lack of confidence. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5, For indeed, when we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Outside were conflicts, Inside were fears. You ever felt like that before? There's problems all around and you see that there are things that need to get fixed and things that you have to put your hands on and work on, but you also know that inside of you there's some fears. You ever been there, parents? Husband, where you try to keep it cool for your wife? Parents, when you try, when you try to not show the emotions of of life, but in all reality, you know there's some fears. There's something in there—a lack of confidence. See the disciples in our text in 2 Corinthians seven seven five were hiding for fear. The disciples, even with Jesus, they were hiding for fear. After Jesus' death, we see this. Whenever he dies, he gets crucified. He's there nowhere to be found. Not doing what Jesus wanted them to do. Maybe somewhere in their mind, after Jesus left, they said, I can't. If that's the ending, then I don't know if I can go through with it. Personal fears. Another is the lack of abilities. See, if you've been saved long enough, if you've served God long enough, you know that God calls us to do things we have never done before. We may have no training, no experience, no inbuilt talent for what God asks us. You can think about Moses. When he's speaking to God and he says, I can't speak. It's his lack of abilities. Maybe you guys know in in the kingdom of God, everything's over our head. It's not like you put in a resume and God looked at you and it's like, oh, yeah, you fit, you fit the role. You know, you're, you're the guy for the job. No, it's all over every single one of our heads. Another one is a lack of understanding. You know, there is so much in life that we simply don't know what to do. Sometimes, you know, one of the things that I see in, in men and even in some women is it's hard for them to say, I don't know. It's hard for them. To, they 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 don't know. They'll come up with an answer, and even if it's not true, they'll they'll say it. You know, it's okay. It's it's okay. Sometimes to just say I don't know. I, 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 let me let me get back to you on that. First Kings chapter three verse seven it says, "Lord, my God, now you have made me your servant, king in my father's place. But I am like I am like a little child. I don't know how to do what must be done. Do you understand that here tonight?" That when it comes to the kingdom of God, that when it comes to doing what God has called us to do, many times we just don't know. We need clarity, we need wisdom, we need the help of God. Not only that, but we also have problems and circumstances. We read in our text outside were conflicts, but inside were fears. Natural difficulties many times stand in the way of God's will. The Bible speaks about mountains. The thought of a mountain, the imagery is this greatest difficulty, something that stands in the way and it blocks you from getting closer to God. Circumstances that begin to work again. So you can think about the economy, maybe personal finances. Sometimes it's even people. How many of you guys know sometimes the mountain has a name? Sometimes it's us, it's our flesh. And you can go on, but there, it speaks about these challenges and these, these moments where it's not easy. And not only that, we also have what we are going to speak about quite often, and that is a supernatural resistance. Hell does not want to see you succeed in the kingdom of God. Satan does not want to see you do great things for God we face supernatural powers that fight us. It fights God's will. It fights God's will in your life. It begins to fight the work of God here in our church. We can speak about the demonic, the evil spirits, the power of the enemy. It begins to attack the people of God. It begins to resist all that we have as a vision, all that we have as a goal to continue to grow as a church. Believe me, hell is not happy that we're trying to come together and tap into the supernatural power of God begin to resist the conversion of our city. We read through our text many times, even this phrase, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So the results many times through all these different problems is we create powerless saints. And the problem that we have in the church world is we have churches filled with people who are powerless that can live with great frustrations. They accept their lack of power as just a normal reality. They'll justify it with false doctrine, miracles were of the past. That, that just doesn't happen anymore at, at this time. And, well, the world is different now. And there's all these different, different ways to justify, I'm weak, I, I can't, I don't have what it takes. So they begin to change the theology. It's too hard here. You ever heard people say that it's 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 Houston. It's too hard here in Houston. Blame the city. The people are too wicked. They'll blame, they'll blame strongholds and they'll blame these different, um, uh, uh, supernatural things, at least in their mind. Second Kings chapter four, verse 31. If you read it with me, it says, Now Gehazi went on ahead of them and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore, he went back to meet him and told him saying, The child has not Awaken. In other words, in his mind, he says, this doesn't work. You ever ever had somebody tell you that? It just doesn't work. Church just just doesn't work. This whole Jesus thing, this whole miracles and and believing God and the laying of hands, it just doesn't work. And they'll begin again to shape doctrine and shape theology to try to justify the fact that somewhere they lack the power of the Holy Ghost. Listen to me tonight, church. Christianity is a religion of power. Christianity is a religion of power, not so much as just what we can see, but power can flow through you. You can be used as an instrument. This was a thought when Jesus looked at his disciples and he says, greater things that I've done, you will go on to do, you will go to do greater things. And we know it, that the disciples went on to have a greater reach to touch more people, to continue to have miracles. It was through Peter that he received the, the vision of no partiality where the Holy Ghost began to touch people outside of the Jewish um, people. It was him, the man who denied Jesus three times, the man who feared when he was walking on water with Jesus, the guy who cut somebody else's ear off. It was through him that he was able to lay hands on Cornelius and fill him with the Holy Ghost. It's a religion of power. In our text, we have an incredible moment where Jesus is looking at his disciples. And up until this point, Jesus was with them through ministry, but then he says, I, got, I have to go. I have to go. I want to move on to my second thought, and that is Jesus here and gone. You know, the answer for our human weakness and for our limitation was Jesus Christ. The Old Testament paints a vivid picture that without the involvement of God, we can't be right with Him. What a paradox, right? Be holy because I'm holy. That's what God says, right? But how are you holy? <laughs> Through God. So it's like, God, I need you to be what you've called me to be. You have these expectations and you have this calling and this destiny that I need to be shaped into. But I can't do it without you. This is the essence of life. This is the, uh, the, the, the big idea and the big revelation. When you come and you get saved, it's not that somewhere you just got this huge uh, revelation from heaven that an angel came down and showed you the way. You know what the reality was? Is you realize I am nothing without God. That doesn't change when you're saved. It doesn't change a week. 10 years down the road, 30 years down the road, without the presence and the Spirit of God, we cannot do anything. The answer for our human weakness and limitation was Jesus Christ. John chapter 1, verse 14. We see God dwelling with people. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, as Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Say it with me, power. Wake up your neighbor, tell him power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with them. What an incredible text. Think about that. I'm going to read it one more time. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. You can you can put your name in there. How God anointed you with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good. What is doing good? Is that giving everybody a buck? Comma, and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. This is God in the flesh, the power of God, brought down to the needs of people. Take a second, think about how wonderful it would have been to walk with Jesus. To be near. You, you ever you ever you ever thought about that? What if you lived in that time? If you, were, if you were Peter, if you were Mary Magdalene, who God casted out seven demons out of, <laughs> to be in, a, just, just to be in the mist. What about the man this morning, we spoke about the poor Bethsaida, the man who was paralyzed for 38 years. Here it is to be just just there around them. Can you imagine just being a disciple and watching this man? You've seen him year after year after year paralyzed. And then Jesus comes in the mix with the power of God and heals him. The man, you know the story where Jesus spits on the ground and makes mud and then touches his eyes and tells him to go wash his face. And this man has been blind and from, from just from, from, from birth, and he comes back, and he can see now to walk with Jesus, to be near him. Whatever the problem was, whatever you needed, Jesus was the answer, and he was there. It was a personal relationship, a personal transformation. People were changed by Jesus. People were delivered. They were healed. Jesus, listen, he casted out or defeated demonic powers. There was physical healing. Jesus healed and restored bodies, Not only that, but there was provision. You know the story. There was no fish. There was only a limited amount of fish and limited limited amount of bread. And this kid had his lunch money. So Jesus takes it from him and he multiplies it and he makes it available for 5,000 men and their family. We could talk about Peter and the greatest catch of his life. At a point in his life where he probably had no money for taxes, yet Jesus provides for him. God knows what he's doing. We talk about wisdom, the clarity and the revelation. You remember when Peter, Jesus is speaking to him. He's asking his disciples, who do you say I am? And they go down the list of prophets. And, and then Peter finally says, you the son of God. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon of Barjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal that to you for the Father in heaven. Revelation. John 15, 5. I am divine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So here it is, these disciples walking. With that. <laughs> can you imagine that? Walking with Jesus, seeing the miracles, the power, the revelation, the wisdom. He has all the answers. We're talking about saying, I don't know. Jesus doesn't say, I don't know. He has the answers. So why? Because he's God. <laughs> I mean, just can you imagine that closeness with God? And then all of a sudden, he drops a bombshell. He am I'm, I'm going away. I'm leaving you. John 16:16 16, 16, a little while and you will not see me and again a little while and you will see me because i go to the father how would you feel think about this this was more than religion for them jesus christ was there that's that's the messiah the son of god i mean they're they're in love following this man they try he tries to send them away and he says i got we got nowhere else to go we've gave it all up i wonder if in their minds they're thinking we're going to be on our own again all alone with our weaknesses all alone with our problems all alone with the enemy who's going to transform now who's going to deliver now who's going to heal Who's going to guide? Who's going to provide? What about protection? Who's going to empower us? See, when Jesus was walking on earth, they went out. Jesus sent them two by two doing miracles. You guys remember they encountered one where he they had to come back and they said, Jesus, this one didn't come out. Jesus says, well, this one comes out with fasting and praying. There's this level of, man, even if it goes wrong, we have Jesus next to me. I bet you in their mind they're thinking, we're not going to do anything he's gone he did say without me you can do nothing and now he's saying I have to go John sixteen six says but because I have said these things to you sorrow has filled your hearts Jesus says, I have to go. Can you, I mean, just I'm, try, I'm trying to paint a picture to you guys. Uh, these men gave it all up to follow Jesus just for Jesus to say, I got to go. I'm going to close with my third point, and that is a personal presence. We know from our text that Jesus said, I have to go, and it will be an advantage to you. God knows we can't make it on our own. And that we must have power beyond ourselves. So the answer to our problems is the Holy Spirit. I want you to hear me out. The answer to our problems is the Holy Spirit. John 16, 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Say it with me, the truth. Not a truth, not my truth, not someone's truth, <laughs> but the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For I do not go away. It says, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. In other words, Jesus is saying, the King James Version, there's a word that's used, which is expedient, I believe. I don't know how to pronounce it. But it means profitable or to your advantage. In other words, Jesus is saying, when I leave, it's going to be better for you. Maybe you guys know when Jesus says it's better, it's going to be better. Although it might not make complete sense at that moment, but when he says it's better, it's going to be better for you. But the question now that's left to these disciples, if you're you're like me, you read the Bible and you have questions. My question is, how can it possibly be better that Jesus is not physically on earth? I'm just saying, I mean, walking with Jesus was Holy Ghost. Can I say that? (laughs) Not yet. Jesus had to leave for the Holy Ghost to come. (laughs) Walking with Jesus was the bomb. How about that? Can I say that? It was incredible to be able to see everything that he's doing. And then he's saying, it's going to be better. I don't want better. I want you here. You're you're here already. But he says, listen, it's going to be an advantage for you. Because of these limitations. Because of the limitation of time, the distance, the crowds. God knew that the world was going to grow in an exponential way. God knew that problems was, was going to grow. God knew the mental health crisis that was going to happen now. The drug addictions, the, the, all the sexual immorality, God knew. And he said, you need power. Mark 2, 4. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. It was power. See, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to bring God's power to your life personally. Say it with me, personally. Jesus said, listen, you, you guys have benefited of me. You 12 disciples here, you've been with me. You've watched me. The crowd, the the, the 120, you've watched some of these miracles. But when I go away, I'm going to indwell in every single believer. It's the power of the Holy Ghost that you can have personally. Listen, you don't need a degree in theology to receive the Holy Ghost. It is God made real inside of you. It is God manifested inside of you. It doesn't matter how many others there are. It doesn't matter what time it is. God is personally available to you through the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each. Say with me, each. each. Each of them. Think about that dynamic. Each of them were touched. At the very same time. That is the power that we can experience here in our service. That God can touch, fire can come upon each and every single one of us. Verse 4 And they were all, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What an incredible scene! That's the advantage. Jesus said it was going to be better. See God at work, doing something in us, doing something for us, and doing something through us. Is what He was talking about, John fourteen sixteen. And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He may abide with you forever. So, this and this Helper, He is. He's not going to get crucified. Said so this helper, he's not, he's not, he's not going to take naps. Remember Jesus in the storm, and he and the, the disciples were were tripping. They're all like, "Oh, we're going to die!" You know, I mean, think about like the, <laughs> they're they're going back and forth, and they're they How many of you guys have ever been seasick? Oh, it's a it's a horrible feeling. It's a, I mean, at some point you just you just can't throw up anymore, but you're gonna, but you feel like it. I wonder if there was a level of seasickness and, and they're all, they're, they are all they they do not know what to do and they're trying to wake Jesus up and Jesus is snoring. I mean, he's, he's asleep. He's there and he wakes up and I don't know. He might have woken up a little grumpy. Who knows? But he wakes up and he, and he rebukes the winds <laughs> and the, and the waves and he tells them to stop and and, it's, and he stops and then he says, you of little of faith. He says, this helper isn't going to be asleep. Says, and I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper that He may abide with you forever. It's a comforter. This word comforter actually comes from a word that means lawyer. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Somebody that will stand up for you. I said lawyer, not liar, by the way. <laughs> Called alongside to help, one who gives aid. Another here, another, there's two words in Greek for this word. One is heteros, which means a different kind, or alos, which means the exact, of exactly the same kind. It's like, so I'm just going to hook you up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fill you with the Holy Spirit. That's going to give you the power to say no to sin, the power to, uh, to, to, to continue to go forward, the power to touch other people. See, having the Holy Ghost is like having Jesus, his power with you always and everywhere. I'm going to read it one more time. John 14, 16, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. This word abide means live in you. He said, I'm going to give you a helper that will be with you everywhere you go. through the problems. Can I tell you here tonight, listen, God knows the struggles of your life. God knows the tears that you cry at night. When you think that nobody's watching and you think you're alone, God's there. And he's watching this. And what he's saying to you tonight is I don't just want to watch you cry. I want to fill you with the Holy Ghost and I want to be there with you. It will be a strange claim to make It will be strange to claim you have the Holy Spirit, but He's not doing anything through you. The question is what's the evidence, right? Luke chapter 24, verse 49, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. It's power. I want to tell you here tonight, don't try to do this on your own. Don't try to do life on your own. And definitely don't try to do ministry on your own. You know what the problem is with trying to do the, the work of God on your own? Is that you will stir up demons you can't cast out. Amen? be like the sons of Sceva. They're going out there and they're trying to bounce on toes and in the name of Jesus. And they've heard, they heard Paul and then the demons, remember the demons, what do they say? They said, Peter, I know, Paul, I know, Jesus, I know, but who are you? And then the Bible says they left naked and bruised. That's what happens when you stir up demons you can't cast. You end up naked and bruised, exposed. Don't try to do it on your own. Get the power of God in you. I challenge you tonight as we go through this series of the Holy Ghost, that you will read the book of Acts and see what it says about the Holy Spirit. Listen, I get it. You read every single day your Bible. I know you do. Amen. <laughs> Whatever, wherever you're at in your daily devotional, can you pause for a moment and go to the book of Acts and read and follow the power and the acts of the Holy Spirit. Ask yourself, what does the Holy Spirit do? Compare your life to those who are baptized in the Holy Ghost. Maybe ask yourself, am I doing what they're doing? Am I doing what, what Peter's doing? Am I doing what they're Because that's, listen, we serve a God who's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. We can have the power that we read in the book of Acts. How many of you guys believe that here tonight? That we can see what we see in the Bible. We can see it today in our lives at work. The the title of our sermon series is Power for Today. Not yesterday, not biblical times, not later on, but today. Can we have power for today? In a moment, we're going to pray for some people. But the challenge here is beyond just, you know what, well, can I get a healing? Can I get, can I get a miracle? Can I get a break in things? Listen, the challenge is to get filled with the Holy Ghost so that you can take that to somewhere else. So that you can lay hands. Can I encourage you here tonight? Listen, you can pray for the sick also. You can lay hands on people. You can cast out some demons. Amen. You can have this power. But you gotta want it. And you gotta live for it. It's power for today. That's the purpose of the Holy Ghost. Is that it will live in us always and forever. Can I get every head bowed and every eye closed? Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to encourage you here today that you will focus and get your mind focused on the Spirit of God. You know, the challenge many times is to overcome the distractions of life. You got things in your mind. You got things that might, like I said, the limitations, the the, the problems of life. And maybe for some people here tonight, you're thinking bills. You're thinking, I got to make some things happen. You're thinking about work already tomorrow. But listen, take a moment and just stop and focus on the Spirit of God. Jesus looked at his disciples. It's an advantage to you. That is a word to us here this, this evening. Listen, it is an advantage to you to have this power, the power of the Holy Spirit. You're here tonight. You're not saved. You're not right. Well, God, this is where we can start off. You might be here you listen to the sermon but you quickly you, you realize I'm not right with God if I, to, if I was to die right now heaven would not be my home quickly that's you would you raise your hand I want to pray for you maybe you're backslidden in a person who used to be right with God but today you're far from him at one point you were serving God you were on fire but today you're far from him That's you. Would you raise your hand? Quickly, backslidden or not saved. You want to get right. Raise your hand. Listen, don't ignore the words of God. Don't ignore the Spirit of God. Amen. Very well. I want to change the order of the service. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let's respect decisions being made. Let's respect what God is trying to do in this place. You raise your hand, listen, come forward, let God help you. Amen. Church, listen, we need power. When's the last time power was going through you? When's the last time somebody else's life was changed? Because of your involvement, your words, the laying of hands, somebody was healed. When was the last time you were able to successfully overcome your flesh? Say no to yourself. Say no to a carnal desire to take every thought captive. Listen, this is all incredible. We read it in our Bible, but believe me when I say you cannot do it without the power of God. It's throughout the book of Acts. It's throughout the Gospels. It's throughout the New Testament. You see there is power available for us. I don't know about you, but I want to see everything that God has for me. I want to stand in front of God and have no regrets that I I gave you my all. There's people here, listen, you, you need power. You've been a powerless saint for a long time. You've been a sleeping giant for a long time. God's been wanting to use you, and God has a tremendous plan for you but somewhere you've, you, you, you've just pushed away. And it's been a long time since you've seen power flow through you. Let's all stand up to our feet here tonight. Let's open up these altars. Let's come talk to Jesus. Let's come repent to get right with God here tonight. Hallelujah. We're going to sing out this song.